Hi, I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in San Diego. Thank you so much for watching today. If you'd like to support the work that we do here, please consider making a contribution. Go to our website. It's easy to do. Thank you in advance for that contribution. This week, Reverend Wendy continues her series, Our Spiritual Journey, with a talk about the practice of mindfulness. Reverend Wendy talks about both the challenges and the advantages of living mindfully, as well as specific ways to integrate more mindfulness into our lives. So how's your spiritual journey going? Oh, that was a really lukewarm response. How's your spiritual journey going? Okay. Even if that's not so, it feels more energetic, doesn't it? <laughs> so last week I started a journey with you calling it our spiritual journey, or maybe it's been a couple of weeks now, but today I wanna to talk to you about one of the practices on our spiritual journey that's really key, and it is the practice of mindfulness. The practice of mindfulness, say that with me please. The practice of mindfulness. Our spiritual teaching is absolutely a practice and it is a daily practice. Well, actually that's not true. It's more than a daily practice. It's a moment by moment practice. I don't know how you would answer this question for yourself, but I'm clear on some things. I'm clear that I want to live a life that is alive, that is vibrant, that is aware, that is awake, that is joy-filled, that is loving, and that is playful. I wanna live that kind of life, and I know that to live that kind of life, I've gotta practice. I've gotta practice. And one of the key things I have to practice is mindfulness, and that's what we're gonna look at together. So no matter how you want to experience your life, a key part of it is going to involve the spiritual practice of mindfulness. Here's what the dictionary says about mindfulness. It is the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. Pretty obvious, right? Being conscious or aware of something. It goes on to say it's a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. So that additional piece there is a really important piece. It's not just focusing one's awareness on the present moment. It is doing that while calmly acknowledging and accepting our feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. And when it's taken on as a spiritual practice, it goes on to say that it also involves doing all that non-judgmentally. Yeah, I know. That's where it gets really kind of deep and, and big and important, and the rewards for doing that kind of inner work are significant. How many of you recognize the name John Kabat-Zinn? Raise your hand if you recognize the name John Kabat-Zinn. Really? I'll ask it one more time because I'm surprised. I would think so many more of you would know. John Kabat-Zinn? Okay, well, I'm glad you're here because I got a lot to tell you and some of it comes from some of his work. John Kabat-Zinn is a um, professor. He is a professor emeritus of medicine at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And there he created something called the Stress Reduction Clinic but he also created the Center for Mindfulness in Medicine, Healthcare, and Society. The Center for Mindfulness in Medicine, Healthcare, 
and society. That's significant to me. You know, we talk about mindfulness as a spiritual practice because in fact it is a spiritual practice. But it is popping up all over the place now. It's not just talked about in unity centers or CSL centers or Tibetan uh, temples or Buddhist temples. It's being taught, courses on mindfulness are being taught in university, are being taught in corporations, are being taught to our vets coming back suffering from PTSD. It's being, courses are being taught in some of our prisons. It's being taught in some of our hospitals, the very idea of mindfulness is getting gaining widespread attention and application, and that is encouraging. Because to the extent that more and more of us develop and actually use mindfulness as a practice, we are going to individually be improving our lives, and as we improve our lives, we're gonna be making better choices, responding to life's challenges and difficulties from a clearer and better place. We're gonna be co-creating a better world for all of us, rippling out right where we are from our own individual practice of mindfulness. John Kabat-Zinn says, mindfulness be means paying attention in a particular way. Mindfulness means paying attention in a particular way. Say that with me, please. Mindfulness means paying attention in a particular way. Paying attention in a particular way. And he suggests that there are three parts of paying attention in a particular way. Paying attention on purpose, paying attention in the present moment, and paying attention non-judgmentally. We're gonna look at each of those three things. So mindfulness means paying attention in a particular way. Number one, paying attention on purpose and fully, not half-heartedly. Fully, not half-heartedly. In other words, not living our life on automatic pilot. Living our life on purpose, paying attention fully, not half-heartedly. Let's take a look at a couple of things that we all do. We all eat, right? That's not a tough question. <laughs> I know we all eat, we all eat. In a lot of um, meditation kinds of retreats or spiritual retreats, it's not uncommon to have a component of it where you are required or strongly encouraged to practice eating mindfully. And for many people, that is a brand new kind of experience to actually pay attention to what you're putting on the fork, its journey to your mouth, chewing that food, tasting that food, swallowing that food, as if there was nothing else in the entire universe for your attention to be focused on. How many of us eat that way all the time? How many of us ever eat that way? Am I saying that you have to do that all the time? No, I'm not. But what I am saying is just a glimpse into the things that we do so often without even thinking is a glimpse into the realization of how much of our life we're not living in a focused way, where we're not fully present to that particular experience. It's amazing, isn't it, in a way that all the food actually winds up in our mouth and not on our laps? You know, really, because half the time we're not paying attention. Driving. Yeah, I know. Have you ever gotten to work in the morning 
and not been aware of really any part of the journey, nod your head if you've had that experience. We all have, we all have. Where was your mind? It's probably in a bazillion different places, right? But you really weren't mindful of the drive. If we get too sloppy in too many areas of our life, going through too much of our life half-heartedly, that becomes our automatic way then of showing up before we even know it all of the time. And that becomes problematic in all different areas and reasons. If we start to act half-heartedly in our relationships, especially our primary relationships, do you think they're going to flourish? No, they're not going to flourish. How about in our work environment? Are we going to be bringing our very best selves into the experience of work? No, no, we're not. So practicing paying attention fully, full focused attention in those things that we tend to do routinely helps us to cultivate a different kind of mindset, a mindful mindset. I've noticed in myself the tendency in a couple of very specific um, situations where I tend to not be paying full attention. And maybe you can relate to either one of these. Do any of you listen to books, audiobooks, like through Audible or some of these? Other, I do that a lot. When I'm out on my morning walk, I usually have my headphones on and I'm listening to a, to a book. Right now, I'm listening to one that's a little bit difficult. It's um, I think his name is Neil deGrasse, the, the gentleman, the science um, astrophysicist, right? Why I got his book, Astrophysicist for the Layperson, I thought, well, I'm a layperson and I'm interested in the universe. Oh my gosh, it's hard to follow this man. But part of the reason I'm discovering it's hard to follow is it's got nothing to do with him because he's very clear. It's that I'm not giving it my full attention. And I'll be listening for a while and all of a sudden he's on to an, another part of the topic. I'm going, wait a minute, I'm completely lost. And then I ask myself, why am I completely lost? I'm completely lost because I was not fully present. I was not fully paying attention. I don't want to be that way. I want, especially when it's a book or a conversation I've chosen to be in, to be fully present in that, not listening half-heartedly. Here's another experience I've noticed for myself. Maybe you can relate better to this one. Have you ever been introduced to somebody for the first time? You exchange names. You start to chat a little. You're all nodding your head. And like five seconds later, you go, oh my gosh, I don't remember their name. And I'm not talking about when we get so many birthday candles on our cake that we can blame it on Alzheimer's or something like that. Uh-uh. I'm talking about the fact that we just weren't, what? Paying attention. We weren't giving that person our full attention. So mindfulness, as I've said, the three, the three parts of it are, it's paying attention in a particular way. Number one, being paying attention on purpose, choosing to pay attention, and paying attention not half-heartedly, but completely fully. Mindfulness is paying attention in the present moment. The present moment, I love what Deepak Chopra says. He says, the best way to be in the present moment is to be aware that you're not in the present moment. <laughs> so this is why I will often say to us when we're practicing our meditation time together and we're practicing mindful breathing, right? Being aware of the breath in, being aware of the breath out, that it's a good thing when we catch that our mind has wandered. And we notice, oh my gosh, 
where was I? I don't know where I was, but I just caught the fact that I was not present with my breath. I was probably thinking of what I'm going to do next or what I didn't get done or whatever. But as soon as I catch myself, I can do what? As soon as I catch myself, I'm right where? In the present moment. So much angst we experience, if we're honest with ourselves, so much of the angst we experience in life is because we're not living right here now. We're either worrying about tomorrow or we are regretting and feeling badly about yesterday. And we are giving up the experience of now and how we can best use now if we are preoccupied with tomorrow or stuck in the past. I'm gonna see if I can find a quote I read from Thich Nhat Hanh this morning. He says, if you miss the present moment, you miss your appointment with life. And I love this, only Thich Nhat Hanh can say it this way. That is very serious. <laughs> if you've ever watched him or attended a retreat of, him, of his, he's such a, a gentle, small of stature and huge of consciousness and compassion and heart, man, body, and yet, what he delivers is so clear and so practical and so loving and so helpful. And it comes, I think, in part out of his practice of meditation, his practice of mindfulness. He talks about things like not just mindfully eating, but mindfully walking, experiencing the full experience of your feet in movement touching the ground and experiencing that. If you miss the present moment, you miss your appointment with life. That is very serious. And so mindfulness is paying attention, as we've said, in a particular way. It's paying attention in this present moment and being loving and gentle with ourselves when we catch that, wait a minute, I'm way out here or I'm way back there. And to the extent that I'm out here or I'm back there, I'm not where? Here. I'm not here. Remember the book that Ram Das wrote years ago, one of the first books on, to hit um, the US in great popularity was this book, Be Here Now. It's a classic. If you've never read it, pick up a copy and read it. And if you haven't read it for a long time, you might want to pick your copy back up and reread it. And the third key, remember paying, uh, mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way. The third key is paying attention non-judgmentally. To me, that's the biggest of the three, and probably because that's the one that I have personally had the greatest challenge with. And the judgment for me is not so much a judgment of criticism of the present moment, but I notice that too often I'm adding a story. I'm embellishing or, or adding something to whatever the present moment is that's not actually part of the present moment. It is such a rich and full way of living to experience what is happening in your life absolutely directly with no story with not bringing a story of your remembrances of that kind of thing from the past or other things that are like it, experiencing it completely and fully as it is unfolding. It means without judgment. It means without criticism. It means experiencing it the way a child might experience that same thing for the very first time. 
Have you ever been with a young child when they are experiencing like a flower or a puppy or a kitten or something for the very first time? Have you ever, can, you, can you call that into your awareness? They are so in that moment, mindfully 100% present. No story about it, just fully enjoying and experiencing that as that is arising. To be able to bring that kind of way of being into our relationships would be exquisite. It would fundamentally shift the way that we are with one another. To really experience one another directly, to really experience one another mindfully without any judgment. I think there are some telltale markers and signs when we are doing a better job of living more of our life, more consistently mindful. You notice how I said that? Because I don't know, at least for me, I can't yet comprehend Wendy Craig Purcell living every single moment of every single day 100% mindful. That's bigger than I can imagine right now. But I can imagine doing better than what I did yesterday. Can you imagine doing better than what you did yesterday or last week? I mean, stop for just a moment right now, especially those of you who've been coming here for, say, a year or more, and that's a lot of you in this room. Stop for just a moment and kind of mentally flip back and ask yourself, are you living your life any better or any differently now than you did, say, a year ago? Are your responses to things a little bit different and better than they might have been a year ago? Do you, are you a little more centered more often? Are you a little more patient or understanding or compassionate, more accepting of yourself? We grow usually not by big jumps, we grow incrementally. And the things that even the tiny little changes that we make, like some of the changes we're talking about today and that we talk about every week, just consistently practicing those things over time become enormous become enormous. Think of it this way. Let's see if I can relate this clearly, because this is going to sound a little bit like geometry, because it is. I used to love geometry in school. Think of two parallel lines. You remember what parallel lines are, right? They're always completely exactly the same distance, perfectly the same distance from one another, right? That's what makes them parallel. Think of what would happen if one is off only one degree, up or down. Let's put it down, because it might be easier to imagine. And then imagine stepping way back from that image, so far that you're not just seeing those two lines, those two lines that aren't quite parallel. You're seeing them in this huge distance. What eventually happens to them? They're going to cross, right? Because just the tiniest of a change is going to, over time and distance, make an enormous difference. To me, that's exactly the same way that these things that we practice change our lives. So when we make a decision, we're going to practice meditating a little bit every single day, or we're going to practice a mindfulness practice or a gratitude practice every single day, what is going to happen over time is we are going to be changing ourselves, and we're going to be changing ourselves for the better. What trips us up most of the time is that kind of work is not usually very glamorous because it's so repetitive, it's so incremental, 
It's like we want the quick fix, right? Why, why do diets that claim to ha help you lose weight in a month gain in popularity, but the ones that say it's gonna take you a while, but if you make these changes over a long period of time, you're gonna be fit and trim. Who wants that, right? But our, I'm into honesty. You into honesty? What do we want? We want the quick fix. But that's not the way we grow and evolve spiritually. It's just not the way it happens. But holding the course and making those incremental changes, like in a practice of mindfulness, will absolutely pay off. Here are some of the telltale signs I experience in myself as I'm doing a better job of being more consistently mindful as I go throughout my life. Some of these may be things that you see in yourself. Make a list for yourself, though. My pace becomes a little saner. My pace becomes a little saner. When I am more consistently mindful, I feel more joyful. And part of my true nature, which is a very playful nature, my playful nature comes out a whole lot more when I am pract consistently practicing mindfulness. When I'm consistently practicing mindfulness, I feel so much more gratitude. The tiniest little things don't seem to go unnoticed by me, and I feel this overwhelming sense of gratitude. When I am practicing mindfulness more consistently, I experience my own mind itself differently. I experience my own mind itself as being much more clear and much more connected to source or spirit, whatever you want to call that. And to that extent, when my mind is clearer, I get downloads from spirit and insight and guidance right and left. By knowing, for me, by knowing what some of my telltale signs are when I'm doing a better job of practicing mindfulness, then I know that if I'm not experiencing, experiencing the kinds of things I've just mentioned, that I have fallen off my game and I'm out of practice. Do you see why I'm suggesting that even for yourself, it could be that valuable to ask, what, how does your life feel different to you when you are practicing mindfulness? Because I promise you, it, if without the practice, you're not gonna feel those positive things. So my invitation to you is to consider joining me and others in this practice. This practice of choosing to pay attention in a particular way to pay attention on purpose and not half-heartedly, <clears throat> to pay attention in the present moment, which really is the only moment you can pay attention in, and to pay attention without judgment, with direct experience without judgment. And I'll close with a couple of words from John Kabat-Zinn. Mindfulness is the entry point for living consciously and on purpose. It is the gateway into the full dimensionality of being human and being alive. Anybody in for that? How about an amen to that then? Amen. Amen, amen brother. <laughs> God bless. Many people enjoy Reverend Wendy's talks and meditations and aren't able to attend the Unity Center in person. If you're part of our extended family from around the world and would like to help support the Unity Center, please go to our website or download our free app, 
which offers even more ways to connect with the Unity Center. Namaste.